I, I am convinced that the, the, story, the story told in Luke chapter 2 uh, is, it brings back a host of memories. In, in our house, uh, growing up when I was a kid, we lived in about, most of my elementary school years, we lived in a, in a little place called North Kingstown, Rhode Island. And uh, typically we had a white Christmas and it was, uh, I mean, it was a big deal. But what happened was just the five of us, me, two sisters, mom and dad, and we were so far away from family before we moved back to Daytona. And, and so it would just be the five of us. And my dad would take out the, uh, some of y'all still have this. Remember the big family Bible that, I mean, truly, I mean, it was like, it was like curls, you know, it was a monster. And you'd pick it up and dad would read Luke chapter 2. And the problem was we couldn't open a single gift until dad got through Luke chapter 2. Now, you might say, well, Chuck, it doesn't take long to read Luke 2. Well, that's true unless your dad happens to be a pastor. And then he decided that this would be the time that we would parse all the scripture out and he would share with us what the Greek was going on in the story of this time. And we were thinking, dad, we stopped listening to you 20 minutes ago because I cannot wait to open that one. Are you with me? But Luke chapter 2 stuck with me because we still do the same thing today. We still read through Luke chapter 2. And even though we have adult kids, I promise you they're thinking the same thing. But what a great way to honor the Lord. Before a single gift is opened, open up Scripture and read Luke's story of Jesus coming to earth. In Luke chapter 2, just two, two or three short verses today, beginning in verse 10. But the angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Of all the wonderful promises contained inside the Christmas story, the one that seems to be missing most today is great joy. I don't know about you, but I think everybody that I have chatted with this week, when I say, hey, man, how you doing? You know, the usual, how you doing? And, you know, uh, the answer is, man, I'm tired. I, I got a lot going on. Man, we're running. We're, I don't know how we're going to get there. Everywhere I turn, somebody's telling me how exhausted they are and how worn out they are. And then, you know what? Then the game is on to try to convince them you're more tired than they are. And then it gets worse. Well, well you, you're, you're a bigger martyr than they are. And before long, we're all just believing in this situation that we're in, that there's zero joy, that the one that's missing most is great joy. I, I don't think I've talked to somebody in months that when I saw them and I said, hey, how you doing, man? They said, I'm filled with great joy, bro. How about you? I haven't heard that. Now, don't get me wrong. If you've asked me, I haven't said it either. I mean, I want to be clear. I don't have a, I, I don't have a key here that, that flips my switch on either. And, and I, if you're like me, I mean, you've got, you've got a million things going through your head. Everything you've got to get it done at work before Christmas, everything you've got to do for your kids before Christmas, everything you want to do for you before Christmas. Oh, and by the way, your doctor said you need to lose 10 pounds between now and Christmas. I could just go on and on, couldn't I? We got folks in the room today who lost loved ones this week. We got folks in the room today that are fighting with cancer. We got folks in, in the room today whose marriage fell apart this week. Everywhere you turn, we have a great problem, but I want to give you inside your handout, it says the Savior of the world would bring us three things, and it's right there in the text. He would bring us good news, he would bring us great joy, and he would bring it for all people. Now, guys, leave that slide up for a minute. These are three powerful statements. If you were to take apart this scripture and take apart these three verses, you would say that Jesus stepped out of the grandeur and beauty and peace of heaven 
into the chaos of Bethlehem. Now, we could go on and on about the city of David. We could go on and on about the bread of life. We could go through all of that. But one thing that I think we have to remember is when we sing songs like Silent Night, it was, it was anything but silent in Bethlehem. They were overrun with people that had come to be counted and taxed. And they had not come for a celebration. Christmas hadn't arrived yet. They came to do something they didn't want to have to do. They had been ordered and had to go somewhere. Would you bring the slide up again, guys? And what happened is they were in desperate need of good news. I mean, if, if everybody, let's just say the governor, leave it up for a while, guys. Let's just say the governor of Georgia said, okay, all of you need to make your way from here over to City Hall and be there this coming weekend for one reason. We want you to tell us who you are, where you live, and we're going to tell you how much you owe. Would you not be excited about that? I mean, there's no tree lighting ceremony that can make up for that one, right? I mean, which is just not good. So Jesus stepped out of heaven and brought good news. Now, you might say, well, the good news must be great joy, right? No, 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 no. Keep it up, guys. The good news is Jesus himself. In the beginning, there there was the word, and he is the word. Jesus is the good news. You see, this wasn't like, hey, I want to give you good news, and then because of that, you have great joy. This was the good news was that Jesus stepped out of heaven into a filthy barn to be born and laying in a little bitty stable filled with animals and their problems with a city overrun with people that were agitated and aggravated. And he came because the world needed him. The good news is the gospel of Jesus himself. When the angels come and they say to the shepherds, I got good news for you. You talk about a group of people that could have been fired up about good news. I mean, these cats bathed about once every two months. They lived with animals that even smelled worse than that. They were the lowest rung on the social order. And to have an angel, a sky filled with angels that came for one reason to say, I'm bringing you good news. And the good news was Jesus can bring you and will bring you great joy. Now you say, well, Chuck, the whole story about joy is pretty awesome. It really is. Mary and Joseph's scripture tells us they were amazed with joy. The wise men, the text says this, were filled with joy. The shepherds returned with rejoicing in their hearts. And even John the Baptist leapt with joy inside of Elizabeth's womb. The entire story about Christmas is centered around this one word, joy. Now, I'm sure we could make a long list of reasons why we like joy in our life. I mean, I I could do it with you. We could get into a competition. We could talk about how miserable life is and we got to do something. And we could talk about blue states and red states. And we could talk about whatever you want to talk about. We could always find a way to. I have learned that if I want to, I can be miserable. I mean, truly, if I I decide, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to be miserable. And you know what I get to do when I get to be miserable? Bring all y'all with me. Because isn't that true? I mean, we, we, we get to choose. Do I believe that Jesus came with good news for me or not? Do I believe he came with great joy for me? Because you see, he came with good news, with great joy for all people. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't 
mess around. He waited on us. You see, happiness, folks, depends on the circumstances in our life. Happiness depends on what's happening in and around our life. But joy, on the other hand, is a relational word. Joy is a relational world. You see, I, I know that when those shepherds returned with joy in their hearts, but the question would be, did the circumstances in their life suddenly change? Did they go from being the lowest order of the social world at the time? Nope. Did they smell better? Nope. Did they get aqua velva in their, in, in their stocking? Nope. I mean, did, what, did, did, uh, did they all of a sudden have money? Nope. But what did they have? Then they returned with joy in their hearts. Their circumstances didn't change. They, what happens around them didn't change. What changed was their heart. Proving in every week we make this point here at Sugar Hills, this one story that I think if we all would grasp this one time, it would radically change our life, especially here at Christmas. And that is this picture, that everything that matters in your life and mine is a matter of the heart. Jesus came, the good news. I want you to be able to read, when you read good news of great joy, I want you to read it like this. I want you to say, but the angel said to the shepherds, do not be afraid. I bring you Jesus, the son of the living God. He is great joy for all people. Read it like that. And you'll think this is the Christmas story. I mean, when those shepherds returned from seeing the baby Jesus, that their circumstances had not changed at all. So how can we maybe not be happy about the circumstances of our lives and yet still have joy ringing in our heart? Which, by the way, if we can figure that one out, we've got something going on, right? I mean, if we can figure that one out, then, then I could almost survive last night. You know, if we could figure that one out, it would, life would make so much more sense, right? But the fact is, most of us don't figure that one out because we forget that the good news is of personal significance. I want you to watch this now. The good news, the story of Jesus, the story that Jesus came, was born, lived a sinless life, died on a rugged cross, was buried, dead as could be, and three days later rose from the grave and swipe that rock away and said he came to give us peace. That is the Christmas story from start to finish. But no, it's not the finish. The finish is still being written. And the question is, are you going to be part of the author's team that lets him write it on your heart? This is what happens when we recognize that the good news is of personal significance. I want you to notice in the Christmas message that the angel said to the shepherds, for unto you, and you say, but Chuck, but they were shepherds. They were in the fields of Bethlehem. We have pictures of them in our head. They have, they have cool beards. They had beard oil. They had hipster beards. Their hats were really awesome. And the robe stuff they wore, I mean, come on, Chuck, really? They had, they had all that neutral color down. I mean, they wore hipster boots in the pictures. These people were the lowest people on any social ladder you could imagine. And the angel came in multitude, filling the sky, having to say, don't be afraid because I've got good news for you. Hey, listen, friend, listen. I got good news for you. Jesus the Lord has come for you. 
This morning, when, when Zach and Austin sang, O come, Emmanuel, this is exactly what Jesus did for you. He came. God in the flesh came to wrap you up with personal significance. You say, well, Chuck, you know what? I, I'm not sure God cares that much for me. I don't think God really loves me. I mean, he probably does you people who are good. I mean, like folks who give, they, God, God loves them. I mean, the folks, that, the, the folks that don't get drunk on Saturday night, he loves them. I mean, the, the people that didn't cheat on their spouse, he loves them. I mean, the, 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 people, the people who seem to have their order together and they, they, they pray every morning and the folks who read their Bible every day, he loves them. But the good news has such personal significance because the good news is he came for you, all of you, all of you, not a few of you, all of you. And you say, well, Chuck, but, but there's no way God could have looked at me and said, I'm going to give you life when I don't deserve it. And I'm telling you, that is exactly what he did. That is precisely what he did. He came with good news for you. It's of personal significance, but also the good news is found in the promises of Scripture. You see, I want you to grasp this big idea. I want you to grasp that Jesus is not only the fulfillment of Scripture, he is the fulfillment of scripture. He is the word of God. In the beginning was the what? Word. He was with and he was the word. And you say, but wait a minute, Chuck, you mean to tell me that Jesus would come just for me? Yes, that's right. And you would say that even I, Chuck, could claim the promises of the scriptures that say, if I call on the name of the Lord, I can be saved. Yes. But Chuck, even though last night I was anything but a believer or on the way to church in the minivan today, we sounded like anything but believers, you're saying he came with personal significance, with a promise from Scripture, because Jesus, the good news, came for everybody, including me? And the answer is yes, yes, and yes. Because you see, he is the word. He is the good news. When I think about the good news, I cannot help but recognize good news has come. How? In Jesus the Lord. What did he bring? Great joy. Why? Because he's going to take on the sin of our life so that we wouldn't have to. That, my friend, is for all people. And this is the story of Christmas. It's found in the promises of Scripture. Now, we, we encounter his guidance and peace and joy through the promises of his word, but, but those promises, listen to me, friend, those promises are made for us to act upon them. We, we can trust the promises of God when it says you're loved. I'll never leave you, that I have a plan for you. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I am there for you. His goodness and his mercy will follow you all the days of your life. This is the God that came for you this Christmas. Soak in the beauty and the tradition of the season, but bury the religion and grab hold of Jesus. Because this is the story. But listen to me, friend. We've, we've provided those seven promises in your handout, and they're in the, the message notes in your app so that all week long you can claim those promises for you. You say, Chuck, there's nothing magic. It's a piece of paper with seven scriptures on it. I know it. 
But I want, I want to give you this thought, and I believe this with every ounce of my being, okay? I believe the Lord cannot wait for you to claim that promise for yourself. And then him fulfill that in his presence, in his power, in his deity, in his risen self. I believe he wants to fulfill those in every heart. He came for all people. And the good news, friend, is that the good news delivers pardon from sin. I mean, this next key is, it seems so simple, doesn't it? I mean, when I look at these, I think it's, he came with personal significance. He came with the promises of scripture, but he came with the pardon of sin. Over in Psalm 32, David wrote these words, happy is the person whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is covered. Happy is that person. You know what? I got all kind of reasons to worry about Christmas, but here's what I don't have to worry about. I don't have to worry about whether my sin has been forgiven. I don't have to worry that should Jesus come back today, I'm good. I don't have to worry if a a truck runs over me on the way to lunch. One, I don't have to pay for it. And two, I ain't here anymore. And I don't know why you can sit there and not say something to that statement. Because in my mind, I'm thinking this is good news of great joy for all of y'all. And I think to myself, thank Jesus for the fulfillment of Scripture which brought pardon of sin. I was watching Jenny the other day. We had our granddaughters. And uh, uh, both of them have some speech therapy issues. They're, they're behind the curve a little bit. And uh, the oldest one is Presley. And Jenny was sitting in the floor. And Presley was sitting right across from her. And they were working these little magnet blocks. You ever seen those? If you got little ones, you got to get these things. They're awesome. Little magnet things you build junk with, right? So I would try to build stuff with Presley. My goal was to teach her how to build them on top of stuff and support it and make it high. You know, because it was really me having fun. But I looked at Jen, and Jen was intentionally let her build something that was going to fall over. And when, when it fell over, Presley just went, ah! she just belly laughed. I mean, it was, it was captivating to watch a, 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 a little build bitty girl just belly laugh. I mean, when's the last time you just let it rip? I mean, just laughed your guts out. She had no trouble. And you know what happened? The second time she did it again, and this time Jenny belly laughed. And then I thought, well, I got to get on this, so I'm sitting there. And then the third time I did, and about 10 more times I did. And I got done, and I felt like I'd been doing crunches. I wonder, with all the stuff we do to work out, I wonder what would happen if we just chose to have some joy and laugh a little bit. You know what? I think this is a big deal. The, the hymn says, let every heart prepare him room. My friend, Jesus stepped out of the peace-filled, joy-filled glory of heaven to be born in a filthy stable for three beautiful reasons, and all three are where you find joy in the chaos of Christmas. Jesus came, and he is good news. Jesus came, and he is the joy that this world needs. And Jesus came for everybody, including you. He came with a personal significance that had a promise of Scripture that was a pardon from sin. And when I think about little Presley playing on the floor with Jen, I found this quote that I had had from years ago. One of my old heroes, Zig Ziglar, wrote a book called Over the Top. 
And here's a quote from it. Preschoolers will laugh, giggle, or smile over 400 times a day. That must be why Jesus said to experience the kingdom of heaven, we must become as little children. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to a newborn king because he's come for us. Let's pray. Friend, I, uh, I realize that it's Christmas time and you got a million things to worry about and fret over. I get that. And I, I'm not, I'm, I promise you, I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to make light of it. But I am trying to put it into some proper perspective that the singular reason we have this season is that jo- joy came and, and good news came and a hope for all eternity came. Forgiveness came and grace came and mercy came and love came and it all came in the form of Jesus the Lord. Today, I want you to have the honor and privilege to say, Jesus, would you fill me with that joy? Would you fill me with your presence? I want you to be able to say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I want you to be able to say, Jesus, I want your good news to come into my heart. And I want you to, I want to ask you to act on that faith and that belief today. And if that's the desire of your heart today and you, you say, that's what I want, that's what I need. And I want to settle that with Jesus today. Would you just raise your hand so I can say who you are? Yeah, somebody, yeah, amen, 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 amen. So Lord, we're grateful that good news great joy came for all people counting us Lord would you uh, would you draw near to each of those five people who said today I want Jesus and do what you promised to do and show up in their life and bring forgiveness peace and joy in the midst of the chaos of Christmas Lord we love you And we are so grateful that you stepped out of heaven for us. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, amen. Let's worship.
so today, when you walk out this place, let Emmanuel, God with us, go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight. That's what he does. Let Emmanuel, God with us, go within you. And in the chaos of Christmas, let him bring you peace and joy, fulfillment and contentment because he is always good and you are always loved with good news and great joy. And let him come behind you in days that you just feel like the world has beat you up. I love this. Let him come behind you and pick you up. Let him carry you, not around the problem, but through the middle of it, so that when he sets you down victoriously on your two feet, you can smile as he wipes away your tears and kisses you on the forehead and wraps his loving arms around you and looks at you eyeball to eyeball and says, my child, say it with me, I love you. Merry Christmas and go in peace.